I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Hello and welcome to this final hour of today's coverage for this uh, Steelers Blitz show right here on Steel Nation Radio. But trust me, you will not want to touch that dial following us starting at 2 o'clock for a bonus special three-hour edition. Oh, you have the drive. Matt Williamson, Dale Lally, giving you live coverage, man, of practice, play-by-play happening in the flesh. So you definitely don't want to touch that dial. Keep it right here, even when we are off in the hour, okay? But um, with that being the case, man, did want to transition to the other side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. And I'm trying something new this uh, training camp time. I don't know if you realize this. I've been doing a lot of offensive firsts. I've been doing a lot of, hey, let's talk that guy first. Let's talk the quarterbacks, talk the wide receivers just because, you know, when the season gets here, I feel like I'm going to be heavy, heavy, heavy on that defense. All right. So That's this is, nice this is designed. This, this is, you know, I'm doing this for a reason. There's a method to the madness. So second <laughs> half of the show, did want to talk about uh, Devin Bush, man, because obviously he did speak to the media yesterday, I believe it was, where, you know, they were asking him just um, about what he feels like uh, going forward. Is his future here in Pittsburgh? Does he feel, you know, certain things in terms of urgency? How healthy does he feel and things like that? And obviously he has some interesting comments. Some people, in my perspective, might have taken it a little bit out of context or, you know, overblown it a little bit. But either way, I want to hear from you, man, just in the sense of how did you kind of react and respond to some of the comments that Devin had made when he was being interviewed? So, you know, it's funny, Motsi, when we went on air about an hour ago, about uh, an hour ago. Right away, we had, and you know, it's funny, I bookmark I bookmark all the tweets that we get. We had Shaquille, we had Brad, and we had Steeler Nation 920, and you know what, there might have even been another one or two that I missed, uh, that tweeted us right at the start of the show, what did you guys think about Devin Bush's comments yesterday? You know, uh, what do you guys think is going on with Devin? Uh, we, we got three or four tweets to start the show um, about this and about those comments, and Listen. You said you wouldn't call him great? Or, or would you call the coverage great? I, I mean, how always. You, how you, how okay. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'll get into it here with you. Listen, I I don't yeah. have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, tread lightly or anything here. 
Yeah, who who you scared of? I always, I always, I'm still going to be in the NFL, anyways. I mean, no matter what happens, (laughs) you silly. (laughs) I always, Mozi, always. I hesitate to question athletes' desire, right? In any sport at any level, but particularly at a professional level, where these guys are the one percent of the one percent. I always, you know, when people say things like, oh, that guy doesn't care, oh, that guy's lazy, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that to me is always, certain guys are just wired different, you know? some Not, not everybody is intense 24-7. Not everybody is switched on all the time. Some, some people, you know, they can turn it on and off. Some people just aren't wired that way, and they can still be a darn good athlete, and they can still be really successful in their sport. With all that said... <laughs> Right, you know, I have to preface it first. With all dun, that, dun, duh. with all that said, it's 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 hard to you know to see that clip. And again, it that's one you know our, our buddy Brian Backo, who will be on the show tomorrow, by the way, for the last day of camp. Shout out to Mr. Brian Backo as well, um, man, doing an awesome job. Keeping our buddy, everybody informed. our buddy Brian Backo, asked him a question. You hear that little you know 14, 15 second clip, and it's <gasps> it's you know how could Devin Bush be so lack lackadaisical? How could he be so right. nonchalant? It seems like he doesn't care. He's got a terrible attitude. All those things, I get it, I do, and it's 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 tough to not feel that way. I'm I'm not disagreeing. Like I said, I always hesitate to throw that around. Oh, this guy just doesn't care because clearly he wouldn't have made it to the NFL if he doesn't care. I mean, it's it's a it's a dog eat dog world. It is one of the most competitive fields in the entire world to get into. All that being said, again, it's it's tough to hear those comments yesterday. It's tough to hear him say, "Ah, oh, well, you know, I'll still I'll still be in the NFL, whatever happens after this year," and not be like, "Man, is there is there that fire in you? Is there that dog in you? Is there that you know ticked off? I was the tenth overall pick for a reason. I played college football at Michigan, one of the most storied programs in the sport for a reason." And I'm not going to be disrespected anymore. I'm not going to be questioned anymore. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove to everybody that I can kick butt and play in this league for a long time. That intensity has seemed to be lacking, not just in this instance, but you know, maybe over the course of, of his time in the black and gold. And so when you know when people see that yesterday and we get a bunch of tweets about it and there's a lot of reaction to it, I completely get it because I'm not saying that that means that he's going to have a terrible year or anything like that. But it is, you know, at the same time, you would like to see some emotion, some fire, some fight, at least on the surface. And, and, and that hasn't appeared to be the case the majority of the time. Yeah, man, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, obviously, when I talked about some of the people, I felt like kind of overreacted to it. Yeah. Those are the ones that, you know, instantly went to, man, you got to get rid of them right now. <laughs> right, Go ahead and right call Roquan Smith today. Can I just, yeah, you know what? Guy said that. Real quick, real quick. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but I love oh, it. Man. I saw that from so many people yesterday, right? All right, it's yeah. time. Trade, trade him and Chase Claypool for Roquan Smith. Like, you guys realize. It's this, not this, just this, the it's trade. Not, it's not it's our bad players. Contract. Well, no, not even that. It's if you don't want Devin Bush, what makes you think Chicago wants him? Right? Like oh, that's hundred percent on that as well. Thing, yes. That's the thing that yes. always gets me. Oh, I'm so done with this guy. Oh, this guy stinks. Trade him for one of the best linebackers in football. Like, yeah, all our yeah. bad players for all their good ones. Like, come on. If you're saying all these things, what do you think they're saying as well, too? Absolutely. And we're supposed to be the ones that are homers, right? A little bit more biased and and. Uh, you know, a little more lenient toward these right, guys, man. Right. So, no, I, I agree with you 100% right there, man. But um, 
with Devin. <clears throat> I just think that his approach is just so different than what we are accustomed to in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That it makes it hard to have that type of patience, to have that type of grace for him in certain instances, because we're accustomed to the hard workers. This is a blue collar town. We talk about what the game means to the people out here. We talk about how when the Steelers lose on Sunday, man, people's weeks are ruined. Ruined. We talk about when the Steelers lose in the postseason, people are depressed when they have to go how many months without football. This is the only place where you talk about it could be a Wednesday in the middle of the offseason and people are always wearing black and gold. Yep. <laughs> like, that's what it means for the fan base here. That's what it means to the city here. That's what it means when you represent this organization and put on that jersey. It's bigger than just you. It's bigger than your teammate. It's bigger than, you know, anything that we can think of in terms of a dollar amount. This literally impacts people's physical well-being. We talked about the analogy, and not even analogy, the truth of people are born in Pittsburgh and they wrap them in a terrible towel. People yep. die and go into the grave with a terrible towel. Not their mother's picture, not their wife's picture, not their husband's wedding band, a terrible towel. So when you think about how serious that is for those individuals over there, and then in contrast, you hear this 10th overall player who's getting paid whatever he's getting paid, and his response is after another performance where it's left us desiring more. And his response is, well, it's not like I'm not going to be in the NFL. I'm going to be in the NFL regardless. <laughs> it just comes off as very nonchalant. It comes off as it doesn't matter on the same level. And it just makes it very difficult to support and root for when you think about those, you know, polar opposites in terms of perspectives. Yeah. With the Pittsburgh Steelers and what it means to be here, what it means to be a player here. And I think for Devin, that's something that he has to understand a little bit more, or even if he does understand it, just deliver that Let a little it shine bit through a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's the thing where for him, because as a young player, and I've been through this as well, you deal with this battle of, I want to do it my way. I don't want to conform. If this is how I think, and this is how I talk, and this is how I dress, and this yep. is how I carry myself, I want to do that. And at times, it's right. At times, go for it. At times, step outside of that box. But in this particular instance, with some of these questions that they're asking him, we know what they're trying to accomplish. They're just trying to get you to say, yes, I care. Yep, I'm yes, going to prove it, it to matters. you here this year. Yeah. Yes, I have to play better. That's all they are looking for. But you're giving them every answer but that. Yep. And that is ultimately why you're getting the the negativity that you're receiving. You're getting looked at the way that you're getting looked at. People are talking about a Roquan Smith and looking for any other linebacker to replace you because of some of the comments that you've made. Because I don't feel like his play has always been as bad as what it feels like collectively. But when you take, you know, inconsistent on-field play with very just out of touch comments in the media. Yeah. When you look at it as a whole, it feels like a lot more. 
invest the thing for Devin where even though you're young and you're trying to do it your way, sometimes you have to understand that, hey, man, even though I don't want to bite my tongue, even though I don't want to say this, sometimes it's better to put out a little fire than have to go through, you know, this force of just flames for the sake of it. It's like, man, you don't have to go through all of that. You can quell some of this stuff over here while the other stuff continues to improve. But it can't be you're, you know, inconsistent on the field and you're, you know, having this crazy stuff when you're talking. Those right. two things don't correlate. And that's the thing for Devin that he's really going to have to understand and understand in a hurry if he wants his time in Pittsburgh to go a lot better for him. Uh, partner, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, there's a lot there that, that you just knocked out of the park like you were Kenny Pickett at the uh, home run derby <laughs> at the home run derby last night. Yeah, listen, th- you're right. I, that that younger athletes, particularly now, and hey, it's 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 become a eulerism on this show because I feel like I say it at least once a week. You and I aren't old, but we're not young anymore either. It's you know those 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 generations they they turn over really quick, and. A lot of a lot of younger athletes, they want to march to the beat of their own drum. They want to do it their way. Um, that's part of what has gotten them to this point in the first place. But for some guys, it's easier to do that, right, than others uh, in terms of guys that have had big-time success early on in their careers, guys that have won, uh, whether it be individual hardware or the team accomplishments as well. Like, right, like Kevin Durant is a dude that clearly marches to the beat of his own drum, right, Motsi? But, but he's when, earned when that, right? When Absolutely. you're one of the best basketball players in the world and you've got the rings and you've got the MVPs and, and, and not the just hardware, in the world, And not just in the world, one of the best of basketball all players of all time. He's yes. in that discussion, like, like – T.O. Yeah. was a dude who did the same thing, right? He's one of the best wide receivers of all time. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 the old adage of kind of like, uh, you know, I can I can hear Tom Bradley saying it. You know, more talent talent, and they give you more tolerance. You know, that's that's yes. something that that's something that Tom Bradley says with us when he's on the radio all the time. And that's just the reality of it. If Devin Bush was coming off of, you know, three or four great seasons with the Steelers and we were talking about him as being, you know, a, a top 10 at his position in the league and and all these different things, it, it would be one thing. But I think you're right. When you consider all those other factors, when you bring the the, you know, demographic of the Steelers fan base into this as well, too, which is blue collar, which is hard nose, which is team first and humility, right, in, in, in these things, particularly at that position, too, Motsi, right? Think about the history of the linebacker position. Talk in, about it. In the black Come and gold. Now. I mean, Come from, on from, now. from Jack Lambert and the snarl, Come on now. right? Come on now. <laughs> and Kirkland we, we and Lloyd and Green. playing here. We and both know what it means. It's Joey yeah. Porter and Debo and you, Ryan you Shazier. Said, you said one of your favorite players was 5'5", five, five, Mr. Joey Porter. He's, number, he's number two behind Come Troy Polamalu on, on my all-time you know favorite exactly. Steelers list. You like, couldn't imagine if PZ was saying some of those things, Bernard, having you, that you type You can't. Of energy not Lambert, not even, Shazier, not it Kirkland. Doesn't <laughs> it, it, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense, particularly at that position. Decade after decade, regardless of how good or not so good at times the Steelers have been, that position, they have always had dudes, leaders, guys that didn't make excuses, guys that laid it on the line every single game for their team. 
you know, from from starting with with Lambert and Ham certainly, and it, it's been a legacy and a tradition ever since then. And I I think you just I think you were spot on there. I think at times you know Steelers fans they just want to see you draw that line in the sand and say over my dead body and say I'm gonna prove these people wrong. And not only is he not doing that, he's going the opposite way really. And so I get it. I'm with you. I think I think there was. I think overreaction is is a fair way to put that, but I also understand why it was that way when you you know when you take everything into context. Yeah, without a doubt, man, and that's one of those things, man, for Devin that he's gonna have to continue to understand and continue to just grow in that element. Yeah. So that way, hopefully, man, he can turn this thing around because he's too talented of a player. He you is. Know? When when you're talking about ability, he checks those boxes, and that's why. The team has done what they've done in terms of what they invested in him, but also why they've allowed him this much time. Because they see what he's capable of, it's just we have to get that to come out of him. And if it doesn't happen this year, then who knows when it will happen. You're absolutely right. And you know what, too, as 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 like talking about that, you know, that that fire, that that dog, that intensity, however you want to label it. I mean, this is the guy that we're t- the same guy we're talking about, right, Motsi? That that four years ago he was standing on the fifty yard line in East Lansing, dragging his cleats across the Michigan State logo, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this was this was the same guy that was leading that Michigan defense that was one of the best in the country that was, you know, uh, going at it with Michigan State every week, going at it with Ohio State, and I just yeah, that's that's why there was so much excitement about this guy. You you combined his production on the field. Uh, with with the just what seemed like a fiery personality off of it, um, I know for some people that kind of stuff might be a little, um, you know, that might put you off. Like, oh no, that's just poor sportsmanship to go to the other team's logo and, and drag your cleats across the logo. I love it. That's what I want from my from my guys, right. right? Particularly my linebackers on defense. I want them. I want them ready to scrap at a moment's notice at all times. He seemingly had that, you know, uh, when, 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 when the Steelers drafted him, that highlight was everywhere. You know? That was it. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I would like to see some of that resurface. I would like to see the guy that was dragging his cleats across the 50 yard line in East Lansing against Michigan State. I would like to see the guy that was waiting at the locker room to, to bark at Ohio State when they were coming out for warm ups. Uh, some of that fire, I think, would you know, would go a long way. It really would. And that doesn't mean that he still doesn't have that just because of the things that he says to the media. I want to be clear on that as well, too. Correct, as you me- yes. As you mentioned, sometimes the, you know, the perception can match the reality there and, and you could just make life a little bit easier on yourself and, and just not go the complete opposite way at the same time. Yeah, without a doubt. That is definitely the case, man. So like I said, man, we will see what that looks like for him and ultimately how Brian Flores can continue to impact him in a positive way through yeah. all of this as well. But um, we are going to take a break because later in today's show around that one thirty time frame, we will be joined by Steelers, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler and former first round draft pick JT Thomas. Cannot wait to talk to JT. Love him, man. Awesome guy. Anytime we get a chance to catch up. So with that being said, man, y'all do not want to touch that dial. JT Thomas will be joining us in that 1.30 time frame. It's Arthur Most, It's Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. When you want black and gold football talk, you want... This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 
Oh, yes, indeed. It is Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler right here on Steelers Nation Radio. And in a few minutes, we will be joined by Steelers Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowler, former first-round draft pick, J.T. Thomas. He will be sitting down in a few. So before he joins us, we always talk about the show being interactive, and we always love to talk about the tweets. So we're going to tap into some of those until J.T. comes over here. So with that being said, let's turn it over to my good-haired colleague, Mr. Wesley Euler. Ah, yes, Motsi. Weaving in and out, as we always do so wonderfully here. I will uh, I'll tee up on some of these as I keep an eye open for Mr. Thomas. And, you know, Super Bowl champion, yes, but four-time Super Bowl champion, JT Thomas. You better put some respect on Maybe. it. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, along this line of, of the defense and the Devin Bush and linebackers conversation that we just had, Steel City Champs tweets us, and wonders which we would say is more of a concern at this point, the backup edge rushers behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, or all the interior linebackers minus Miles Jack. <laughs> For me, this is a no-brainer. It's the backup edge rushers. Um, yeah. When we talk about the inside linebackers, I can survive Miles Jack and Robert Spillane. Regardless of the narrative that people try to paint about Robert Spillane, I told you even on Monday's show, breaking down the two plays particularly, where people try to highlight Spillane as being a liability in coverage yes. and all of these things. Yes. And it's like, no, blown coverage. He's the guy with the effort. Don't penalize him. That's like penalizing Cam Hayward for chasing a guy 20 yards downfield making a tackle. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense when you talk about it in that context. But narratives will make people say those things. So I feel fine if it was a Miles Jack and a Robert Spillane. Even if it was a Buddy Johnson or Mark Robinson, I know those guys are a lot younger and a lot more unproven. That would make me feel a lot more uneased. But I still feel like those guys are capable of a lot more. And Robert Spillane has proven a lot more. Whereas when you're talking about the outside linebacker spot, who is the third rusher right now? Right. I mean, just yesterday, when you think about the starting unit, in some of these portions of practice, these important portions of practice, we're talking about Rondell Carter, who, you know, former JMU Duke and alum, Dude. just signed here, though. Him sign, him getting two reps, starting, or him getting reps with the twos with a Derek Tuska doing two-minute drill, that doesn't make me feel the best. When I think of Derek Tuska also getting starting reps in those same two-minute drills with guys that we just signed you know, two days ago, those are some of the things where I'm like, man, I don't feel as comfortable with that. Delonte Scott, a guy who I thought has been putting together a nice camp and has done some positive things in terms of rushing the passer in camp. Well, when it was time for the game, a lot of that disappeared. And we talk mm-hmm. about it, man. It's more important to do it in the game than it is doing in practice. But that's why the games are weighted differently, because not everybody can do it in the games. So when I think of outside linebacker, I have a lot more concern in that room right now because of the lack of depth. Whereas, like I said, at inside, I think that Robert Spillane, you could still get by with him. I just don't think that in terms of if this is the most optimal situation, of course we wanted to be Devin Bush. But you can survive with the Robert Spillane. I don't know if you can survive with some of those outside linebackers that I just named having to be the guy out there for 60 snaps a game. I concur. I completely agree. Um, 
Listen, if if you know if Robert Spillane is our is our third option right now, it, it was James Vauder. Excuse me, that was the guy I was I was drawing a blank on. He was the guy that started the two minute drill yesterday. Yes. with Dirk Tuska, and I'm just like, man, we just signed him like two days ago, bro. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that 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 doesn't happen uh, here out here very often. Uh, certainly, Not a position of uh, significance for the defense, as we all know, a, a, a large portion of the Steelers' defense is predicated on being able to get after the opposing team's quarterback. And your edge rushers are pretty important in that regard. Certainly, I'm with you, Moats. This is a no-brainer for me too. If you know, if if, if we're kind of assuming Robert Spillane is is the third guy at at, uh, at interior linebacker, I would take a Robert Spillane type guy right now as our third edge rusher without hesitation. I mean, there's there's yeah. there's nobody in that group that has, I, I think, you know, the the steady skill set that Robert Spillane has. We all know where his, you know, inefficiencies are in his game, but he has a skill set that he belongs on an NFL roster and like you said, you can certainly make it work with him if he's your second guy there on the interior, certainly with your third guy. I, I don't know if we're saying that about anybody behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith right now. Yeah, we've we've gotten some look at Derek Tuska, and I think he has a role to play, but I think you'd be more comfortable with him as your fourth guy there, right, as opposed to your third guy. Yeah, correct. Um, so, yeah, that, that for me is, you know, there at least feels like while we might not be overly confident in, in, in all these guys, there's some options there. At, 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 at interior linebacker, at least some guys that are that have played, you know, have have a large sample size in this league, not so much at the edge rusher position. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So whew. hopefully oh, they can change that narrative sooner. Rather yeah, you than know what later. it is. Funny. Like, we're that? talking. We're talking about. You know, we were la- we were laughing and, and joking about the Roquan Smith thing a few minutes ago. I mean. Maybe they need to be targeting edge rusher instead of instead of somebody at the interior. Because at this point. honestly, to me, that's the that's where I keep looking, and I keep saying to myself, "We're not talking about this enough." I know we love TJ and Alex. Alex is dealing with a rib injury right now. He's missed a lot of week in practice now. Mm-hmm. Just think what that would potentially look like if this was in game or in season, and you're talking about, "Hey, we got to win this week, but we're gonna be without him." Or we're going to be without TJ this week. Right, or right. for two weeks. Oh, who do we got to turn to? Pick your poison. Pick your poison. It just doesn't make us feel good. It doesn't make us feel confident or secure in the depth. And we understand just based on what we saw last year. Think about how much time Alex and TJ missed together. A lot. That's that's significant. Mm-hmm. And you're not turning to a Melvin Ingram to at least – help offset that in the early portions of the season you don't have that luxury right now so to me that is definitely a position where i'm looking and i'm saying to myself man maybe maybe we need to be looking paying a little bit more attention here man yeah long gone are the days where you know you had depth options like rookie tj watt like like an older debo like bud dupree Mm -hmm. was at times absolutely man absolutely jason worlds uh think about it man this this one guy what was his uh, arthur moats as well too oh Um, shoot i might have known that dude i heard he i there's 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 nobody uh behind tj and alex highsmith that instill the type of confidence you know that that any of those names that i just mentioned did when when they were kind of the the first man off the bench you know the the third edge rusher role there if you will and uh and that like i said that is a that's a significant position for this defense um and you love tj watt and and we really like alex highsmith um but yeah the the depth there is is concerning i i think that could be in terms of just 
you know, straight depth, that that could be the biggest one for me as, as we sit here today. Yeah, without a doubt, man. All right, what else we got on the dot com as we continue to wait for? Yeah, still is legend, multiple Super Bowl champ, four of them things put the respect on him. Also, also Pro Bowl, the first round draft pick, JT Thomas will be yes. joining us at some point within this next, uh, you know, hopefully segment or so. Yes, yes, correct. I will, I will keep you posted as to when I see him uh, heading this way, but still nothing yet. So we'll get to Jeff's tweet here. Uh, Jeff has two questions for us. The first is best memory that you will take from this year's training camp. Uh, let me. Oh, I think we might have the same. <laughs> we might have the same one, honestly. Oh man, my best memory that I'm gonna take. Shoot, all right, I got a couple of memories. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You're geez. thinking about this too much. <laughs> yeah, because I'm over here like, all right. I think from this, we're, from we're this year, right? Together this year. Practice, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that was fun. All of us enjoyed it together. Like, I love that. I did. But then I'm like, DR, you're looking for, like, a certain player memory? Because I'm like, all right, George Pickens jumping over. I forgot who that was in that tackling drill where the, uh, we, we, the picture was all on Sills website. It was, yeah. like, blowing up everyone yeah, yeah, on social yeah. media. Like, Kello, him hurtling. Yeah, that might have been the guy. Yeah. So, I love that. You know, if I had to have another memory, I would probably go with that one or any of these highlight reel George Pickens down the sideline, one-hander going up top, mossing people. Yeah, any of that type of stuff. Listen, yeah. I mean, my best memory of camp this year was uh, was last week when Motsi surprised me here on Saturday and brought like, the whole family. I that. Like, that I got to see the whole Motsi gang. <laughs> you know I got to see Motsi. We got to link up with nice the Migos. Surprise. Yeah, it, we Chris got to hang Carter out. Like, we got to watch a little practice Brooke, with Chris Carter. Got, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, like, that whole dynamic. The, and I call, like, the new wave of us, like, Steelers guys and, uh, guys and ladies who are going to be covering it. When you talk about me, you – Chris, um, Brooke Pryor, and stuff yep. like that. Like yep. that was just a cool dynamic. So I love that. I just didn't know if, if you know they were looking for like specifics in terms of right. a player doing right, something. Right, right, so, yeah, right, right. I'm like, uh, I <laughs> also the first thing popped in my mind. <laughs> uh, you know, big big shout out. Jeff was who tweeted this was one of our loyal listeners that I got to meet. I will say this. You know, I don't want to pump my own tires or anything, Motsi. But this was the uh, this was the first time in my life I you know this training camp that I ever really felt uh, you know that people recognized me. I mean I got yeah, I, I got and asked, rightfully so. I got asked to take a handful of selfies and a lot of people stopping and saying hello and how they enjoyed listening to us. I even got asked to sign somebody's training camp poster Whoa. earlier in the week. Yeah, the all autograph. Right, all right, I, I need to know. I need to know how the autograph go. Did you sign your whole name or were you initials guy? No, I, I, I did my signature. I got a signature, all right? I got a, I got a Herbie Hancock, all right? Okay, okay, okay. Just check. To quote check. Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so that, that's been pretty cool for me, too. Um, you know, just seeing that, that people actually give a rip about what you and I do here every day, Motsi. That's, that's, been, that's been pretty cool as well, too. Um, so, yeah, those are some, some good camp memories from this year for sure. The second one from Jeff was if we've noticed any significant improvement from uh, the first team offensive line from, you know, late July, the start of camp until now, and where our confidence is in that regard. That's been a tough one because honestly we yeah. we haven't seen them if if we're assuming that it's Kevin Dotson still haven't right we know, haven't seen, seen that unit able to that's another yeah. kind of similar theme from last year um, and at least Dotson like he did come out there yesterday together. yeah yeah but Dotson was out there yesterday so that's at least a step in the right direction for him but yeah we just haven't seen that full group so the continuity the 
position battles, you know, in terms of a Dotson versus a Green. We just haven't been given the full chance to see that to its full potential. But hopefully that starts to change, man, and starting with yesterday and going forward. But um, what we will do, um, just for the sake of, you know, keeping everything in order, we, JT Thomas is oh, not around. I was going to say, he, no, he's here, he's here now. He's here now. Oh, he's here right now? He All is. right. Well, then, I was going to say to go to break. It looks like we're going to be uh, <laughs> we're gonna be getting fine today then, ladies and gentlemen. All righty. So, if he, is he ready? Yep, JT, he's, 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 he's sitting down. He's sitting down right now, Motsi. We're, we're getting okay. them all. We're getting them all headset all situated, right, right. Uh, situated and everything. Uh, JT, you've got myself, Wesley Euler. We've got, uh, we've got Arthur Motes, of course. Back, JT uh, Thomas. Come on now, <laughs> baby. You, you, you know who you are. We know who you are, Mr. Four-time Super Bowl champ. One-time Pro Bowler, first-round draft pick, 24th overall selection in that 1973 draft. That JT Thomas, man, how are you doing? Oh, man, I started to say like the dog, rough, 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 but uh, I'll be lying, you know. (laughs) I'm doing fantastic, babe. How you doing, babe? (laughs) Man, I'm doing well, man. Always a pleasure, you know, to share the mic with you, man. You're one of those dudes that you have that infectious energy, man. Love your smile. Just always love to talk with you. But... Now that you're back at training camp, man, just what's going through your mind? How you oh, feeling? Oh, man, I'm having flashbacks. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> up here uh, at that time, it was like coming to boot camp. It was the total uh, purpose was to break you mentally and physically. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like, I like this here, man. This is almost country club. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk and, well, about hey, it. you know, we had six weeks of training camp. We had four weeks of two a day and it was just about elimination process you know i would lose six pounds in the morning and lose 10 to 12 in the afternoon that was part of the course Mm-mm-mm. yeah it's, it's a different um uh you guys they get days off too for mental health all kind of sweet mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. you know can you imagine asking chuck for a million day off he would give you the rest of your life off for, 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 for from the trove you know <laughs> Oh, I love that. Uh, but, but it's different. Like I say, over the years when I would – I would come back here often. I, I, I say because even when in the offseason I would pass by the entrance here, I would look straight and floor the accelerator. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm having trauma here now. They, they have – uh, you know what I'm looking at? You know, they, they have stands for the fans. Uh, they have restrooms. Back then, they had these same fields and trees. That's uh, <laughs> Trees were the latrine back at that time. So, I mean, uh, it's amazing how we have advanced. And, 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 and the players are coming down the hill happy, smiling. I've I never seen that. They're walking down here smiling like they're going to Kenwood. Talk about it, JT. Talk about it, JT. Talk I, about I, it. I, I don't understand. They, they're happy. I, I'm just I'm I'm like a little kid just kind of wondering and pondering what's going on. Where, where am I? You know? Is this the same place I used to come yeah, to? Yeah, I mean they smiling. They they got a little dip in their hip, a little pimp in their stride. And I say, what the heck is going on here? And, and, and you know what? They in shorts. They in shorts. Uh, some have shoulder pads on them, white. Some don't. Oh, I mean, I, I, what are they going to do in these shorts? They're going to play two-hand touch, right? 
we gotta, go. we gotta give you the show. Just give you the microphone for the rest of the way here, and just let you comment on everything you're seeing. But, but, but you know what? But from a business perspective, if if I was Artie and uh, any of the Steelers, I will be protecting my investment too. Don't hit him. Don't touch him. Hey, no. I, I need the return on my investment here. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. JT Thomas, kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time here uh, on the campus of St. Vincent College. What does it, you know, you mentioned how you get back here every mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I know some of your teammates, Moats and I, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough. We get to talk to Jack Ham every once in a while. Sure. And he always says, I'm never going back to St. Vincent. Well, I'm never going back to Latrobe. What what keeps, you know, what brings you back? Uh, the Steelers, uh, they threaten me with certain things like they used to do in the past and come back. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I do come back. Not often. Uh, you have to understand, like Jack Ham say, you know, this was not a place that you want to forge memories here that you want to, you know, talk about with your kids. In my days at St. Vincent's, uh, you know, no air condition. Imagine that. We, we, I mean, mm. the breeze we got from the dorm was from the cemetery at night with the windows open. So, I mean, <laughs> man, you painted a picture right there. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know that breeze from the little cemetery. Just, just it, it yeah, got me yeah. Ball, I mean, right? that one, I mean, that one. Yeah, you know. So that's what cooled us off at night was that breeze. You know, you know. So basically, uh, but you know, it's coming back and seeing it and you can reminisce and, and you see the change, you see the difference, and 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 progress is always. Um, you know, you know, and I always say ignorance is very expensive. You know, so uh, <laughs> uh, things have changed. I think for the better, though. The game is better it's for the players, uh, for the most part. Um, you know, uh, and, and and it's good. And I see it at the college level, to high school level, it has it's changed. It's just as a different era. But but it, but you know, the word tough is great. You know, the the people that took the cover wagon from Pennsylvania to uh, to to California says a tough trip, but so does the guy in the Learjet. So it, it, it's, it's all so relevant. What is a tough trip? Sure, sure. <laughs> right mm-hmm, now, right mm-hmm. now, right now, this is a Learjet I'm looking at out here. That's though. right, that's right. <laughs> There's there no cover wagon. A lot of luxury going on, man. No, a lot of luxury out there. It, it's no cover wagon here. It's nothing but a Learjet. <laughs> no, JT, speaking of, you know, this training camp situation and more so how it was back during your time. I also want to tap into that mentality that we're going to, you know, for you going out there for training camp, what were you always trying to accomplish each and every time you got out here to lay trope? Because we know as a starter, it's a different mentality. We know for the backups, it might be a, a, a mentality, a guy in a contract here, he might be focused on something, but what were some of the things that you could always remember or at least think back on today and say, hey, man, this is one of those things that I always wanted to make sure I was locked and loaded on come training camp time. Well, well, one thing, uh, Chuck Nose made it very clear. Even made the Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, we returned from those games, and he would say, guys, we had a great offseason with a great Super Bowl, but take those rings and put them in a cigar box because they don't mean a damn thing here now. So each of you came back here uh, – there's only one guy ever felt comfortable coming back here at training camp that he would not get cut. That was Joe Green. Every other guy, mm. even Franco Harris, I mean, you know when the truck comes knocks on the door? Uh, mm. When he passed your door, even Frank Har- Franco Harris, we, we were roommates one, one day. I never forget, the truck was coming, and, and I'm laying, he facing me. We hear this noise down the hall. We hear the trucks coming, and he say, uh, Coach, want to see you bring your playbook. 
And so Franco is sitting there looking at me, her eyes locked. We this anxiety. Now, why is Franco Harris in anxiety uh, <laughs> about being cut? And it's when the guy passed by and it's down the hall. It's a, you see Franco have a sigh of relief. Uh, Chuck Nose created that, that, that mentality that you never ride in life. And, and I think you come back, and that's what I got from this, because I never feel that I'm There's no plateaus here in life. And I think uh, that's what I got in training, because each year your job was, uh, you were never secure here. You were never secure in something those training. I don't care who you were. Mm. Uh, nobody was, except Joe Green. <laughs> Joe Green was secure, because he was he brought in to create the mentality, no doubt about it. Joe could do anything, punch people, throw the ball. And, Joe would take the ball and throw it up in the stands. He liked to call the referee. <laughs> uh, Joe would spit in people's faces. You know, Joe would do all kinds. And uh, Joe, but I think the Steelers wanted that. And so Joe Green was locked in. Everyone else, man, it was on 10. So I think the attitude that you never arrive, there's no plateaus in life that Chuck instilled in us is what I carried away from, you know, here in training as my learning tree. That was a learning tree, yes. So I want to ask you there about Joe Green. You know, it's something that the Moats and I talk about. I think a lot of people discuss is is how Joe Green was the most important stealer of all time. That's something that you guys could feel even back in the seventies. Oh yeah, I mean I, Joe 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 uh, would atta- Joe wanted to attack me. Joe would attack his teammates. Uh, <laughs> we out in Denver in our first overtime tie, and uh, Joe come back to me. And I. Um, got beat on the five-yard pass uh, in the end zone back on Haven Moses. Uh, and he comes and challenging me, you know, you can't cover anybody. Now imagine we started out on the 20-yard line down on the other end. Sure. And they had run a tackle trap all the way down on his big ass. Excuse my French. So, so he's jumping on me. You ain't going to punk me. You know, I, I call him another name other than Joe Green. You know? I told him, told him where to go. I told him to take, I, I, I told him to take a crap and fall back in it. It wasn't crap. It was sugar, honey, iced tea. You know. You better talk about it, JT. You better and talk so, about it. So what happened all of a sudden, it, it, it gets into a big fight here on the field. Dwight White jumps into it. Uh, uh, Joe, if you had played the trap, we wouldn't have been down here because Dwight and I roommates, he's going to defend me. And L.C. Greenwood said, and we all cut me. We can't hardly breathe out here in this, this high altitude, you know. <laughs> and then Ernie Holmes gets in it, and, and Dwight going to bring his gun. Him and Joe talking. They, they just, they friends. I'm like, well, don't say you're going to bring a gun with Ernie Holmes. Now, now Ernie Holmes gets into the thing. Ernie think everybody's for real <laughs> about bringing guns. <laughs> so, 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 so in that thing, you know, Dwight White say, if, if, if you ever got to fight Joe Green, get a two-by-four. Do not go with Joe Green. <laughs> Without two by four. The only one guy that Joe Green did not mess with was Ernie Holmes. Now Ernie Holmes was the intimidated. Joe Joe was intimidated, but Ernie Holmes was the assassinator. No one messed with Ernie Holmes. Joe Green did not mess with him. But but Joe was the heart of it. Joe uh, set the tone. Uh, it, it was just amazing the leadership he had, and y- you could not waver when, when Joe Green had that look in his eyes and say. Uh, if you got beat on the play, he'll look at you and say, hey, man, hey, T, man, we don't roll like that. And when he said we don't roll like that, you learn how to roll, baby. Sure. <laughs> you know. Sure. So, so, so he was uh, he's the epitome of what this is. And, and what you see right now here, you still feel the, uh, I guess, the, the Joe Green saga, the Joe Green spirit mm-hmm. is, is part of 
what built this. Yeah, the whole attitude of the Steelers, that whole kicking butt anytime, anybody's house, anybody's stadium. <laughs> That's Joe Gray. No, I love that right there. Joined right now by JT Thomas, Steelers Super Bowl champion, former first round draft pick as well. Um, now, JT, you played on some elite defenses here in Pittsburgh where expectations were high, but you also delivered on those defenses. We know the Steelers, they're coming into a season where they're having a lot of expectations defensively for them to be a top tier unit in the NFL. Just talk about how you guys as a unit were able to handle some of those expectations when it was during your time. How were you guys able to stay close and kind of keep that outside noise away from y'all? Well, I think we, we were very close to the ball club uh, in so many ways. And you have to understand, we come out of a different era. We come out of the civil rights era. We come out of the drug, the Vietnam era, uh, where the, I mean, the country was really transforming. And most of the African-American players came in. You have to understand that when we came in that era, we were less than 10 years off the back of the bus. So we had a different orientation coming into uh, this than most players. So, and we were, believe it, a segregated team. When I came, mm. yeah, we we went. Uh, you know, we we uh, I said earlier we um, we played together, but that was it. After we played together, we went our separate ways. But there was two individuals that changed that. And uh, I'm writing a book called From the Balcony, and being there, and it talks about well, what really forged that. You yeah, had great team. We had 11 All Pros on Super Bowl on defense, Super Bowl uh, 10. Yeah, and great coaches. But what really made that was this. Uh, like I said, we played together, that was it. And you say, well, that ain't good enough to forge that type of unity. Well, there was a guy by the name of Dr. Von Nixon who had this huge home out in Mount Lebanon area. He, would, he got inroads into the players, and he started inviting us to his home uh, after every home game, this huge party at his house. I mean, so what happened, all of a sudden, all the players, 90% would be at his house, food, drinks, live entertainment. I mean, we couldn't pay for it. I mean, this is stupid, so we're going. So now all of a sudden we're doing something that is strange. We're partying together, family, kids, so we're getting to know each other on a different level than most people do in their normal work life. There was another guy named Hollis Half. Hollis was our chaplain for both, uh, also for the chaplain for the uh, Pirates. And he had a Bible study going on in his uh, apartment in Squirrel Hill. Well, that grew until a point where we had about 70% of the players at Bible study, and then on chapel day, about 89% of the coaches and players. So now we got something very dynamic going on. Now we're playing together. <laughs> so, you, so you guys probably didn't know this. Uh, most mm -hmm. people don't. So now, not only are we playing together, we partying together, we playing together. Mm -hmm. Well, who in the hell does that? <laughs> Anywhere. So, if you want to know the dynamics of that, that was what was going on that no one knew about, no one talks about. But in my book, From the Balcony, you get stories like that, some inside that you never heard before, as to what made them super wasn't necessarily themselves, but it is the principles that they were functioning on. So, when you, when you have those components there, you have a unity of support, of a unit that I'm not going to let you down, you know, that uh, I'm, I'm going to keep you, you're going to keep me. Sure. Uh, so a lot of our defenses come out of a response and not necessarily, we were so tired of, we created defenses by reacting to plays. Coaches, what are y'all running? We, we may do something based on situations where one side of the team is, is in zone, other than them is manning out. 
And it's quick to why do y'all do that? And we didn't know why. We, they didn't know what the defense was. Now, it became a defense. <laughs> <laughs> but it was created out of that unity. And a lot of our plays were like that. That the coach had to figure, what are we running out here? And it's strictly based on that connection, that union, that was kind of in another level. Yeah. I like that. No, I love that right there. That's beautiful right there. Man. Yeah. And no, we appreciate awesome. you for sharing that also, man. And JT, as always, man, a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks again for sharing, you know, about your book this upcoming. Thank and um, ultimately, man, taking some time to, like I said, man, just catch back up with us. So we appreciate you once again. Still is legend right there. Super Bowl champion, former first round draft pick, JT Thomas. Thank you, my friend. And always a pleasure. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, man. So, Wes, man. Another one of the books for us. A lot of fun with this thing, man, but we know we got to get ready to turn it over to Matt Williamson and Dale Lally. Yes. Three hours yes. of live coverage in the flesh. You don't want to touch that Dow. I mean, you're not getting this anywhere else, man. Got to give a big shout out to the producer back at the ranch, Mr. Brian Law Martina. Obviously, my co-host, Mr. Wesley Euler. JT Thomas taking some time to be with us, Steelers legend, and the best fan base in the world. So, with that being said, you already know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and the gold. Steelers, Steelers. Nation Radio. Black and gold football lives here. What a play! 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.